Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, my name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors here at City on a Hill. A really warm welcome if this is your first time with us uh, this afternoon. I'm just going to try and pull this up. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, as we do every Sunday, we're just going to um, take a moment to have a look at that part of the Bible that was just read. Uh, we don't do the same part of the Bible every Sunday, but we look at the Bible every Sunday. Um, so it'd be really helpful to have a Bible in front of you. Um, if you look around, uh, you should be able to find one on the seats. Uh, maybe if you've got one on your phone, pass a paper Bible to someone who doesn't. Uh, but how about I pray um, for God's help? Uh, because as we read the Bible, it's not just a text, but there's a supernatural process going on by His Holy Spirit. He's speaking to us. So let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us in your word and ultimately in your son, Jesus. And I pray this morning as we look at your word, as we celebrate Christmas, that your spirit would be at work revealing truth to us so that we might know you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, you might have noticed there's no uh, angels or Mary or mangers in this particular text of the Bible, but it is a Christmas text. Uh, it's a Christmas text because it's all about Jesus coming into the world. And uh, you've got to love Christmas, right? Uh, I don't know if you're sick of hearing how much we love Christmas, but with all the rubbish going on in the world right now, it's so good, isn't it, just to, to hit the pause button, have some great food, uh, time with family and friends, giving and receiving of gifts. Uh, Christmas is like this beacon of love, joy, hope, reminding us that there's still good in the world. But the problem is, no matter how much we get out of Christmas, no matter how brightly Christmas shines in your life, and for some of us, it doesn't really shine at all. Some of us, Christmas is really hard because we're missing ones that can't be with us. Or... We're wondering just how to get food on the table, let alone a Christmas feast. But however good Christmas is, even if you love Christmas, no one's expecting it to change their lives forever, right? It'll be over all too soon. And it's back to the grind, the weariness of life. Now, is that just how it is? Do we just have to get used to the fact that Christmas is this fleeting joy? Or is there a deeper, more lasting light that can be found at Christmas? Because we could all use more light in our lives, couldn't we? Something to light up our day, to give us hope, purpose, happiness, something to live for, something to get us through the tough times, something to set our hearts on. Have you been searching for that light? Maybe you keep thinking you found the light, but then it slips from your grasp. It fades from, from view. Or maybe you've given up hope of ever finding the light. Well, this, morning, uh, this afternoon, I want us to see that the light of Christmas, it outshines all other lights. It, it's not just a bright light among many, but the one true light. Light. See, for John, the author of this part of the Bible, Christmas is life-changing. It's world-changing. Have a look with me. If, if you've got a Bible, uh, otherwise the 
be some verses up on the screen, but have a look with me from verse 9. So this is John chapter 1, verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. See, John's talking about Christmas. He's talking about the birth of Jesus. And he's saying Jesus is the true light that gives light to everyone. Not just a glimmer of light, but the dawn of a whole new age. That light was coming into the world in a little town, in a little stable in Bethlehem. Now, I want us to notice three things about this light. Firstly, did you notice this true light was anticipated? Notice it doesn't say this light came into the world. No, what does it say? Verse 9 again. It says this true light was coming into the world. It was anticipated. Uh, Check out this prophecy written centuries before Jesus came. Uh, It's from Isaiah, one of the prophets in Israel. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, the Jewish nation, they were preparing for the light to come. They were living in darkness. They were a defeated nation, hoping, waiting, anticipating the dawn of a new light when a child would be born, a king to rescue them from darkness. See, Jesus didn't appear out of the blue. God prepared the world to receive their king. This true light was anticipated. It was part of God's plan all along. But secondly, notice that people don't recognize the light for who he is. Look look at verse 10, John 1 verse 10, look with me. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. See, even though this light was the source of everything, even though everyone owes their very existence to Jesus, the world doesn't recognize him. People were face to face with light itself, but they were so blinded by their own darkness, they couldn't see him for who he was. Now I wonder, is that you here today? If, if the most perfect, true Son of God was standing in front of you, Do you think you'd recognize him? What would he look like? Would you know? See, even people who saw Jesus, who talked with him, who ate with him, who witnessed his amazing miracles, including his resurrection, they didn't recognize him. They had true light standing in front of them, and they didn't recognize him. Even his own people didn't receive him. The Jewish nation, the people who God prepared through the prophets, they handed him over to the Romans to be executed as a common criminal. They crucified their own Messiah. They didn't recognize the light when it came. So what about you? Would you recognize the light? And even if you could go back and see Jesus with your own eyes, would you have recognized him? Now, I think there are two main reasons why people don't or won't recognize the light of Jesus. 
And it's not a lack of evidence. There's plenty of evidence to be found if you want to find it. Remember, people who were there, they saw his miracles and they didn't believe. Now, the first reason we don't recognize who Jesus is is we don't think we need the light. We're so used to the darkness in the world and even in ourselves that we don't realize how broken we are, that we need a rescuer. I, I sometimes imagine our world is like a city, cold, dark, dusty, smoggy, towering buildings, no natural light, hardly any color at all, just, just the gray hues of concrete and stone and steel. And the light of Jesus, it's like this ray of golden sunlight that makes its way through the buildings. And a child follows that golden sunlight and discovers outside the city that there's this whole beautiful world of color and warmth and open skies and, and birds and trees and fragrances beyond imagining. And this child rushes back into the city and tries to tell people about this world of color and beauty. But people are too busy, too caught up in their own dark world to stop and think, maybe this kid is onto something. Are you one of those people who don't think you need the light? Well, I hope this Christmas you'll have a chance to stop and reflect because there is a world of light waiting just outside the city of the busyness of your life, waiting for you to discover it. But some of us know we need the light. The other reason we don't recognize who Jesus is or we don't recognize him as the light, it's because we don't think we're worthy. And that's, the light is so true and brilliant and beautiful, and I'm so broken and full of darkness. How could this light want anything to do with me? Perhaps it's, I'm afraid that if I come into the light, the darkness inside me will be exposed. But have a look with me at the next part from, from verse 12 there. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. See, if you don't think you're worthy of becoming a child of God, well, you're exactly the kind of person that Jesus came for. Because you, did you notice that it's not up to you to earn the right to become a child of God? Look again in verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You didn't earn the right to become a child of God. Jesus gives that right as a free gift to those who believe in him. Uh, in verse 16, he calls this grace. A free gift. The most gracious gift imaginable. Becoming a child of God. So will you receive Jesus, this true light this Christmas, and become a child of God as a free gift? Well, maybe you're not convinced. I mean, how can someone say for certain that Jesus is the one true light? What about all the other religions? 
the search for divine truth, it's like a bunch of blind men coming across an elephant. Have you heard this one before? So the one blind man touches the elephant's side and he goes, oh, this is a wall. And another one grabs the tail and says, oh, no, it's a, it's a brush. Uh, another one grabs the ear. Oh, no, it's like a flappy bit of cloth. Uh, another one grabs the, the trunk and it's like, oh, some kind of tube. Everyone has their own opinion, but no one can see the whole thing, right? Isn't that the case with God? I mean, aren't we all stumbling around in the dark trying to make sense of this world and, and if there's any God out there? It, it sounds a very humble and inclusive way to think, isn't it? To say, well, ma maybe all the religions have got some bits of truth to them, but we're all just doing our best to work out something that's beyond our comprehension. It sounds very humble and inclusive, but when you think about it, it's actually just as exclusive to say that. Because you're saying that none of the religions are right. Only the people who think all the religions are a little bit right are right. Do you get what I mean? But the thing is, the Bible won't let us be partially true about Jesus. It's all or nothing with Jesus. Either Jesus truly was this light that God anticipated, prepared, and came into the world with a, the ability to make anyone who believes in him a child of God. Or he wasn't. And this is a nice story, but a terrible deception. So what gives Jesus the right to claim that he was the one true light? Have a look at verse 18. This is one of the most profound sentences ever written. Verse 18. No one has ever seen God. We're all blind men trying to find the elephant, make sense of the elephant. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father. He has made him known. See, if we're blind men trying to make sense of an elephant, what happens if the elephant speaks? Hey guys, I'm an elephant. That's not a brush, it's, it's my tail. And, oh, that's my ear. No, that's, yeah, it's a trunk. I know, it's weird. Not many animals have it, but it's a trunk. The lights come on, right? Wow, I get it. See, Jesus, that true light that came into the world, he can make the unseen God known because he himself was God. In Jesus the Word of God became one of us. That's why Christmas is such a big deal. God became man, Emmanuel, God with us. But listen, don't just take my word for it. See it for yourself. John wrote this book, the book, the Gospel of John. He wrote it for the sole purpose to persuade people that Jesus was the Son of God, that they might believe in him and by believing in him have life in his name. He, he tells us that's why he wrote it in chapter 20. So if you don't have a Bible at home, this is my, our gift to you. Please take a Bible home uh, and over the summer read the Gospel of John and see if you're convinced. Was Jesus a deception? Or was he actually God? And why not keep coming to church? 
Uh, we do this every Sunday, uh, 10 in the morning. It's usually a bit cooler than this. Uh, we sing, we pray, and we sit under God's word. And we listen to what Jesus has made known to us about God. Because at City on a Hill, we're in the business of seeing people receive Jesus, recognize Jesus, and become children of God, and have their lives transformed by him. There's so much darkness in the world. Don't you want that lasting and deep and true light in your life? Come and receive Jesus this Christmas. And if you've already received him, well, keep walking in his light, knowing that you are God's precious child. And let that truth fill you with deep and lasting joy this Christmas. Uh, I'm going to invite the musicians up now, and we're going to um, reflect on uh, just the beauty of Christmas uh, with one of my favorite carols. Actually, it, I, I'm just going to say it's my favorite. I think it's a lot of people's favorites. Uh, if you can't hit the high note, um, just go for it anyway. Uh, it's, it's Oh Holy Night, uh, uh, and it, it just captures... Uh, the beauty of, of what it is that we're celebrating at Christmas, that this, this light is coming into the world. Um, so how about I pray and then we'll, we'll sing Oh Holy Night. We've got the pleasure of, of Grace who um, just got off singing in opera this morning, uh, who's going to be leading us. Um, but please sing along. Don't just listen. <laughs> how about I pray? Uh, Lord God, we thank you that the true light was coming and came into the world and we pray that you would help us celebrate that amazing truth that we can know God, the unseen God has been made known through Jesus. And we pray that you would uh, show yourself to us uh, this Christmas. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.